Hey guys, welcome back to Season 2 of Almost Better Than Dragons. I'm Matt, I'm going to be the Dungeon Master this time, and I'm joined by Doug. Hey. I'm joined by Bren. Hello. And I'm joined by AJ. Hello. Alright. Alright, so this... <laughs> <laughs> so last time we played, we played D20 Modern, and that was a lot of fun. This time we're going to go a little bit more fantasy style. We're going to play some Dungeons & Dragons 4th Edition. AJ, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about 4th edition? It's more of a, uh, it is definitely more traditional, like, fantasy-oriented game. Everything is powers-based, like, all the characters are, everyone has their own set of skills. Uh, even, like, melee have powers, they just call it, like, something else. Um, that Everyone has, like, a shout, or, like... Um, it's less about your characters and more about what you can do. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's not necessarily about, you can be creative, but it's not required. It's not, like, flavor isn't required because everyone sort of has, like, set skills that they're going to be using, like, all the time. Oh, so it's like high school. Oh, God. You don't have to be but creative, it, but... It, it's, it's, there's an actual chance of us encountering dungeons and or dragons, whereas in D20, that was unrealistic. Yeah, I mean, like, um... The great thing about D20 is that it actually does have the ability to be, like, have, have like, a fantasy aspect to it. And I know we did, like, zombies and stuff in the last one. Uh, yeah, I, I chose to, like, bring it more of, a, like, a realistic aspect, but then it didn't. I, like, I veered directly off that path towards the end. So. Yeah, we got a little sci-fi. Smoke and weed, time travel shit. <laughs> yeah, I thought time travel was, like, a good way to, uh, a good way to sort of Bring it into like the fiction realm. Besides the fact yeah, that they're universe. everywhere, and it's science fiction. Um, science fiction. Yeah. Ooh. All right. So I think we should just probably dive right in and, and get started with the story. What do you guys think? Sounds good to me. Yep. Yeah. All right. Excellent. So I'm gonna start with a little bit of lore. So uh, right now, uh, all of our characters are in a tavern. Uh, the tavern is called the Jeremy O'Dubbs Tavern. Uh, it's in the <laughs> it's in the village of Haverton. Um, this village is on uh, sort of the the central continent of this realm. It's called Kiln Rock Province. Uh, to the north is a continent called the Crag, uh, and to the east is a continent called the Silverstone Province. Um, today's date marks roughly the hundred year anniversary of the Declaration of Peace uh, among all three continents. Uh, the continents had been at war for many hundreds of years, uh, and it, it grew to the point where uh, the war was no longer sustainable. All, all sides were losing. Uh, and so a, a peace treaty was signed. And uh, basically, uh, the, the eastern continent and the central continent uh, came to, to an, an agreement um, of just peace. And then the northern continent uh, isolated itself and established treaties to prevent people from crossing in or out uh, across the border. Um, the central continent is populated by uh, all races and ethnicities, uh, as is the eastern continent. Uh, but the northern continent, the crag, is populated by uh, people who are only referred to as the crag. Um, nobody has really seen them. Uh, obviously, it's been... Uh, a hundred years or so uh, since the war took place 
and um, since they've been in complete isolation, uh, they haven't been seen. Nobody spotted them. Nobody's seen them over the border. It's been complete 100% silence. Uh, so, so nobody really even knows what they look like anymore. Uh, they've sort of been forgotten. Is it almost better than silence? Um, Not no, even. it's just eerie. <laughs> it's just, but it's how just does how do the people weird. forget what they look like? Are they? Is there no historians in the world? Uh, I mean, there, there's historians and things, and, and there are records, but uh, you know, firsthand. Um, nobody has really seen them. Okay, uh, and I the people you. that have seen them uh, are very old or have died, uh, and so you know it, it's not something that you would see every day. It's something that you'd sort of hear about in a, a fairy tale or you know like a like a ghost story sort of. Got it. Ghost. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're in this tavern. Um, the tavern is two rooms. Uh, there's a larger room. Uh, sort of at the the entrance, which has a bar and it's got a large table, and then there's a smaller room, sort of off to the side. Uh, it's a little bit quieter. Um, probably a smoking section at one point. There's uh, a few folks hanging around in there, uh, and all three of you are in there. So why don't you guys tell me uh, where you are in the tavern? Uh, personally, I'm in the smoking room. You're sitting at a table and just enjoying, Wait, the, enjoying the evening. Can, a nice smoke. Can we pause and let the audience do a collective gasp of the sheer shock and disbelief? What, that and, we're all together again? No, the dogs no, that you're in the smoking room. room. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Thank you. So, Doug, why don't you describe your character a little bit? All right, let's see here. My character is an Eladrin male, size medium, age 78, and for those who are unaware, Eladrin typically lives to like 200 years plus, so he's kind of in the prime of his life. He's a fighter class, his name is Laren Jitus, and he's of chaotic good alignment, and his his full name is Laren Jitus, but his, like, his first name is just Laren, and then his last name, his surname is Jitus. Um, and then his deity is Cord, and that pretty much sums it up. He's six foot, he's pretty tall, beefy fighter guy. Uh, very, I guess you would want to say Aragorn in style, in the sense that he's like a vagabond and like in the stuff that he would wear, but not personality. He's more or less like kind of introverted and, but also very wise. Excellent. Uh, Bren, why don't you tell us about your character and tell us where he is in this tavern? Uh, I am. Kurok Leadman, but everyone just calls me Ku. I am a barbarian, dragonborn, uh, about 26, about 7 feet tall, 335 pounds, like, with all his gear. Uh, no real deity, the primal spirits guide me for where I go. Uh, I am racially put into the smoking section by the bar, or a tavern owner, believing that all dragonborn breathe fire. Thus, the smoking session, and I take offense to it, but I continue on with my drink, and I can mind my own business. Uh, very aware of how big I am, and how uncomfortable it makes a lot of other people feel, and am aware that sometimes things break around me. It's not always by my choice, but things happen. I am refilling, I have like five flasks out in front of me, and I'm just refilling them all with my drinks, because you have to be properly hydrated at all times when you're out in the wild. So I always have at least five flasks on me at any given moment. 
Are you actually drinking alcohol, or are you drinking, like, a uh, sugary red substance? I'm drinking alcohol, but I'm, like, refill it. Well, I'm... It's like a Cosmo. No, <laughs> it's, a, <laughs> it's a Shirley Temple. Uh, I abstain from uh, the ether of the devil. No. Um, <laughs> I got a drink with me, but I'm also having multiple drinks and just refilling. Virgin Dad. <laughs> You're just just mixing your own drinks in a bar? Well, I'm just, like, putting them in the little flask in case I want to bring them along and, you know, sneak them into a concert. I'm not paying seven bucks for a goddamn beer. (laughs) It's a Dewey Brother concert. No. Yeah, a loot concert. (laughs) There's a big drum solo going on over by the bartender. But, uh, yeah, so I'm aware of how big I am, and I don't mind it. I like being big. That's how the lame men does it. Ah. And AJ, where where's your character, and uh, what's what's he up to? Um, my character is sitting up at the bar. Um, my character's name is uh, the Annie Venton, and uh, he is a uh, he's a half elf, um, with uh, black hair and that has a, a silver streak in it, and. Uh, he is about 5'10", 160, so he's slight of frame. Uh, but he uh, he also has an air of mysteriousness about him. He's got a hood up right now at the bar, and he's uh, sort of just uh, sipping on some hooch, sipping on some uh, hooch, some some liqueur. He's also shuffling through a deck of cards that he has in his hand. Sort of getting ready to set up the table for solitaire, self-solitaire. He's 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 uh, a game player. Yeah, likes to uh, likes to take bets. Likes to uh, likes to do a little gambling. Likes to play the field, not be tied down by any one woman or thing. Hey, <laughs> your character's now a ladies' man. I made that up for you. No, he's not. <laughs> no, nope. So the the. You're you're all sitting uh, in your your various respective locations. Uh, the bartender is behind the bar, and a gentleman walks in. Um, he's roughly you know average height five nine. Uh, looks to be roughly human. Uh, dark hair, sort of mysterious. He's wearing a a big um, a big hide coat. Um, he doesn't look like he's particularly wealthy or opulent or anything like that, but he does sort of have a, a bit of a swagger to him, and, and he goes and he sits down at the bar, uh, sort of one seat over from Daani, and and the bartender comes over and says, what are you going to have? And he says, uh, I'll just have a, a fire water. And so uh, the bartender sets him down a drink. I silently observe all of this. I am blissfully unaware. How do you react to Ani? I just kind of like shuffle my cards together and start dealing out. Dealing out my uh, solitaire game. The guy looks over and he says, oh, you uh, you play cards? A little bit. Are you interested in playing? He says, uh, I, I, I don't gamble. Uh, where does uh, a guy like you uh, come from? What brings you to, uh, what brings you to Haverton? Well, uh... I decided to uh, leave my previous job and start looking for uh, some adventuring gigs. You, uh, you, you happen to be an employer? Uh, not not myself. Uh, I 
you know, I do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I, I, I tend to drift, um, like hearing stories. Uh, I'm a collector of stories, you might say. What, what exactly kind of, what kind of stories are you looking for? Oh, you know, just uh, people's lives, figuring out how, you know, people around here tick. I'm, uh, I'm from out of town, uh, up north a little bit. Um, just gonna be, just gonna be passing through. And with that, he, um, he takes the the fire water that the bartender gave him, and he he takes a sip, and he sets it back down, and he sort of turns around on his bar stool and leans back and puts his elbows up on the bar. He starts um, loosening his collar a little bit uh, around the, the sort of fur coat. He says, oh, it's pretty hot in here. I think, they'd, uh, I think they wouldn't have the, the fire going so, so bright, uh, you know, this time of year in the summer. But you guys look over and the, the fireplace is, is entirely empty. Are you, are you okay? You seem a little, uh, I don't know, a little temperature sensitive. Are you? No, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I, he, he sort of takes off his hide coat and he's got sort of a, sh- just a, a shirt, you know, and it's sort of, um, got like the baggy sleeves. Um, oh, won't be needing this in here. And you can see he's starting to turn like a little bit red, uh, like around his, his neck and, and he's, you know, visibly sweating. I stand up and stoke the fire. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> just kidding. That's not a thing. What, how cold is it where you're from up north? It's it's not really that cold. It's I'm just I don't know. I'm not feeling well. And he sort of turns around to the bartender. He's like, "Can I can I get a water here?" The bartender says, "Yeah, one, one second. The bartender sort of goes around to the to the sink and, and gets out a glass and starts polishing. He's like, "Oh, I I could really I could really use it now." And he runs over to the big table where there's a couple people sitting and he he grabs one of the the drinks off the table and he just pours it on himself. He's really starting to make a scene here. Uh, And as he turns around, uh, you could see that his skin is starting to to blister around the edges. Um, And he's like, what? what, Why is it so hot in here? What what are you? Why are you doing that? Who's doing this? Who's doing this to me? And um, as you know, everybody in the everybody in the bar is sort of paying attention. Everybody at the table, everybody from uh, the smaller room is is seeing this man making this big scene. Um, and now he's you know sort of shouting and, and yelling in pain, and um, you can see that his skin is sort of ter- turning this pinkish gray shade, um, and. It's almost like his face is changing. I, I mean, I know it's early, um, but can I like draw my sword? Sure. Yeah, I'm like standing up and drawing my sword. I'm ready to like. I, I, I'm. I. It's not like I've seen this before, but I have a feeling he's either undergoing a transformation, and I'm preparing myself. And worst case scenario, he's just going to be writhing in pain and not turn into anything. But like, I'm at least getting ready. I get off the. I get off the stool and I, uh, I, I grab him by the scruff of his shirt and start pulling him towards the door of the bar. What? What? What are you doing? What are you? Why are you doing this? I, some somebody needs to get me help. I need. I need. 
And he starts like, um, like his throat starts closing up almost. Uh, it's like he's having a really bad allergic reaction and his, his skin is sort of, uh, not like, um, sizzling, but, but sort of, um, like, uh, sort of, um, like bubbling almost. And, and, and he's, uh, like mutating a little bit. And um, you can see, like, his fingernails are, are growing out much quicker than any person's fingernails should probably grow. Um, and, you know, he's sweating just bullets. That's some bad fire water. Yeah, the, the bartender um, says, this, this wasn't me. I, I did not do this. Is, I, I, have, I have nothing to do with this. I'll have what she's having. Um... And so, sort of as you as you start to grab him, you know, around the neck, you know, inspecting him and bringing him towards the door, um, he sort of just goes limp. Oh boy, I'm gonna use an Arcana check on him. All right, um, roll and me, see, uh, roll me a d twenty. What, what the hell's going on with him? All right, this might be loud. A Ten. Um, you sense that there's something, um, but whatever it is that you're sensing is sort of starting to go away. Um, I'm gonna just approach this situation and put my blade on the neck of the limp creature. Like the tip of my blade. Uh, actually, I don't have a blade. My blade is a sickle, so I guess it's like, I'm just getting ready. It's like, you wake up, you're toast, man. But I do so this the, silently. I don't say the, a word. The bartender rushes over um, from out from behind the bar. Uh, and he says, nobody touch any drinks. And he, he gets down next to this guy. And, and the guy's skin has sort of stopped bubbling. And he looks like this horrible orc-like creature. He's, he's very hot to the touch. And the bartender sort of feels his neck, like looking for a looking for a pulse and, you know, feels his hand, his wrist, and, and there's no, there's no signs of life. He, he's dead. I look up at the, I, he's dead? He's dead. Certainly, because I was still going to say we might want to bind his, his hands. And the bartender looks at you with just a look of horror. It's like, my insurance is going to go through the roof. I don't, I, <laughs> this is, this is bad for business. Nobody, nobody say anything about this. Who's he looking at? Me or AJ? Or me Everybody. Or, or okay. He's just sort of yelling at the room. I don't want to see any bad Yelp reviews because of this. I didn't do anything. Fantasy I Yelp. I would uh, be more concerned with uh, what the hell is going on with your uh, your drinks that it's causing people to die. Well, transform. From outside the, the tavern, um, you hear sort of a a muted scream like it's coming from uh, from down the block a little bit I go out the door of the bar I rush outside oh while everyone's outside I'm gonna fill up one of my empty flask with whatever that guy was drinking <laughs> just in case cause I don't, you never know I agree <laughs> but no I'm heading outside too myself just not saying anything just silently observing also maybe See, some of the more expensive wine 
everything was boxed there. You, the uh, entire place was just selling bottles of wine. Kurek, you um, you try and pour one of the expensive bottles of wine at the flask, but there's a lot more wine than flask, and so you try and like shove the cork back in, but it doesn't go in all the way, and so it's really obvious that the the bottle was uncorked. It's like half in there, like sideways, like. Yeah, it's just all like crooked and, and sort of bent, like it was forced. But so, um, Daani and Laren, you guys go outside, and the tavern is on the corner uh, of an intersection, and you can see to your left, uh, probably 400 feet down the street, there's a, a woman, and she's dressed in sort of a, a leather jacket, um, sort of what you'd expect for, you know, springtime. And a similar thing is happening, and she's screaming in pain and writhing, and, and her skin is, you know, doing the same sort of thing where it's bubbling. I think we've been living amongst imposters. Like, this is a mental thought. Like, and they're finally just coming to light. These are the people that have something shady about them, and something just triggered them to reveal who they really are. But that's just me thinking to, out, to myself, not out loud. I um, just dance there for a few seconds and everyone's going on. You okay, buddy? You deep thought there? <laughs> I, uh... I start running down the, the street towards her, and, um... I have my left arm behind my back, uh... sort of pulling in, um... magical energy. And as I approach her, I... slam my hand, uh into her into her chest and use dragon frost okay um as you're doing this um she's screaming in pain and and she's just sort of she's already sort of at the end right like she's she's already very badly wounded by whatever's happening to her um what does dragon frost normally do is that just an attack it's a gust of frost, and it hammers your foe and knocks them back. But it's cold. Why don't you uh, it, Why don't you roll me a d twenty? Okay. That twenty. She flies against a wall, gets a concussion, and dies from that instead. Let me see what is this. It's cool. It's versus fortitude. Oof. Uh, one. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh my god. Oh, first episode. Donnie just blows <laughs> on her gently. So, so, you... I don't know if that might be a good thing in this case, because it misses, but... Well, you, you cast cold. Dragon Frost, and um, you get some, some frostbite on your hand, your hand goes numb. <laughs> uh, and, and it's sort of like when you, you know, wake up when you're sleeping, and you're sleeping on your elbow the wrong way, and you like can't move your arm, it's all floppy. Um, but it's, it's... Is my hand physically cold? Yeah, it, it's like you, you froze your hand and it just sort of went numb. I uh, I placed my frozen hand, like, uh, on her neck. Like, on the side of her neck. She, um, she looks at you and her eyes are super wide. And, um... Understandable, a strange man is touching her. She, she's, uh... You have to, like, lean in real close and she's, she's saying, This wasn't, this was never supposed to happen. This, this, it, it was supposed to take longer. We're, we were supposed to have time. And with that, she 
she goes unconscious. Um, and, you know, the same thing happens uh, as with the other guy from inside of the tavern. She she sort of goes limp and uh, her her skin sort of start, stops bubbling and, and she she's dead. Can I use Detect Magic again? Sure. Roll me a d20. Uh, has a 19 sound. You cast Detect Magic and... Realize she's dead. There's... <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's definitely right. something there, but again, you can tell that it's evaporating, um, and you can tell that whatever that sort of magic is is very unfamiliar to you. you you've never seen it before, uh, but you can tell that it is a very powerful illusion spell, um, and uh, you can tell that it's not a type of magic that uh, is is from uh, anywhere that you've ever been in in Kiln Rock. I uh, I place her gently on the ground. Just let her let her lay down. Basically, just let her rest onto the ground. Uh, so as you're doing this, a crowd is starting to gather uh, around this area. Um, it's sort of at the entrance to a, like a little market section. Um, there's a bunch of small tents and stands and things, and um, it's about 100 feet away, and the people all start sort of coming over and forming like a big circle around. Um, and there's a there's an older man, uh, an older gentleman. Uh, he looks uh, he looks to be much older than you would expect uh, an old man to be. Um, he, d- he looks half-human, um, maybe, uh, you, you can't really discern what, what his ethnicity or race is, um, but he, he's definitely not 100% human, and he definitely looks very, very old, and he, he sort of walks out from the circle of people, and he kneels down on one knee next to, uh, next to this woman, and starts inspecting her. I'm imagining for this character, it's like a mix between Gandhi and Rafiki. He's he's sort of like Gandhi. He's got gray hair. Um, he doesn't look he doesn't look uh, scrappy. He he's very well groomed. He's got oh, okay. sort of his his beard not braided but like tied up. Um, he's he's got some uh, some wire rim glasses and. Um, he he looks like the kind of guy that you'd see on like a fishing boat on uh, on the Discovery Channel late at night. He mumbles to himself and he says, "What what are you doing here on this side of the barrier?" And he um, he rolls the body over. Um, and he he looks up at uh, Donnie and he says, "Son, do you have a do you have a blade?" Yeah, I pull out my uh, my dagger. May I borrow it? Sure. So he takes the, the dagger and he uses it to sort of shave the back of the woman's head just above the neck. Um, and there's a, a very small tattoo. Um, or, or maybe not a tattoo, but some sort of small marking Insignia? that's in the skin. It's a rune. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and he says... I'll be damned, it is. And he hands the dagger back to you. Thank you, son. 
What's it mean? What the fuck was that? That's <laughs> <laughs> how my character's gonna talk. It's his first. It's his first uh, time speaking. Character voice. <laughs> yeah, are we actually doing that or no? Yes. Well, I, I'm like trying to like sort of have like a little bit, but not as much as I wanted. Uh, not to. as much as Doug. Um. <laughs> okay. And so, so the old man says, uh, I haven't seen one of these in a very long time. This is, she, she shouldn't have been here. I don't even know if it's a she. It, she was in disguise. We need to talk in a more private place. Where do you suggest? Your house. Um... I, I, are you coming on to me? What, what's going on here? What's so forward. Potentially. Uh, what, why don't we? Uh, why don't we go to uh, my my uh, tent in the market, and uh, we'll uh, we'll take care of this from there. And he he stands up, and he says, uh, "Jedediah, get these bodies taken care of." And you could see a, a man, uh, sort of middle aged. Um, comes over um, he says uh, will do sir bring it right down to the uh, right down to the, the graveyard and, and have it prepared um, you, you sort of get the impression that this guy is uh, like a grave digger or like a, a fantasy mortician of sorts uh, and, and he um, he sort of signals people to bring a cart and, and they start loading up the body um, and the older gentleman uh, beckons you over to um, this dark blue tent uh, that's sort of covered on all sides, um, completely nondescript. Uh, it's it's in among sort of the other tents and uh, stalls and things of the market. Um, and he he leads you in. Uh, and, and sort of holds the, the opening for you as, as you walk inside. It sort of looks like, if you remember back to Legend of Zelda, A Link to the Past, um, there are those tents that the fortune tellers are in. It sort of looks like a fortune teller tent. Um, so who follows him in? I certainly do. I'm still at the tavern door drinking. It's like, huh, <laughs> what's going on over there? Okay. So am I the only person following him? Donnie, are you not... I um I do so slowly just like sort of observing. I um as I go, I uh sort of I should have mentioned this. When my, when I use detect magic, my eyes uh flare like a bright green. Um so like you just see me flashing like How flashing my eyes oh. towards the crowd. Oh, flashing. Um, right, does the like detect magic glances. does it does the detect magic persist uh, for a certain amount of time? No, um, I'll probably have to make some sort of checks, I, I assume, or like a general check for like as I'm walking. Okay. All right, I'm doing quick. I feel like he's a kid who just got a new toy and he's just playing with it all the time. How's a twenty-three? Twenty-three is good. Um, you sort of look out over the crowd um, and you sort of scan and other than what you would expect to see among a crowd of people there's there's no magic there's 
somebody with like a like a magical watch or something but you, know, <laughs> you, you don't you, there's nothing there's no like big blips that would otherwise draw your attention okay um, however, uh, it, as you look towards the tent, you could see sort of a, a faint glow around the tent. Um, it's not it's not a big glow, um, and it, it, it doesn't look like there's anything dangerous. Um, and it, it looks like uh, sort of a, a concealing uh, spell or, or some something that would um, protect the, the tent in some way. to see you're taking precautions. You can never be too careful around these parts. What's your name, Elder? Reminds me of the merchant from Resident Evil. I'll buy it at a high price. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's when we have to model this around, but alright. What do you sell it? That's exactly what I thought of. Ah! Good things on sale, stranger. <laughs> God damn it. It's not what I intended at all, but it's I'm going with it. That's what it is now. You're stuck with yeah. it now. Um, God, I haven't come up with a name for this guy. I know, that's why I asked. Uh, <laughs> hold on, I'm going to Google. Oh, just get one of our Twitter followers. I'll, we don't I know. have any Twitter followers. <laughs> um, My name is Press Continue. Last name podcast. <laughs> my my name is Krulman. Krulman, with a U, not no. And he he sort of beckons you, and the two of you, he he sort of beckons cool. you in, and and shuts the the opening of the tent. And you notice that as you walk in, and the he sort of closes the opening of the tent behind you, um, the flap that you entered through sort of disappears. Um, it sort of like becomes just a solid piece of cloth, or at least that's what it looks like. Um, and inside of the tent, uh, you look around and it's sort of unusual because it's in a market, but there's um, a, a small cot and there's a, a card table. And around the card table, there's uh, a, a few sort of makeshift stools like one of them is like a, a piece of wood that's been cut into sort of a little stump he pulls out uh, a flask from his pocket and says uh, you you all came out of the tavern yeah 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 still thirsty always um, i'm pretty i'm pretty sated all right he he pours um he pulls out a, a little wooden shot glass from from under the card table, and, and he uh, pours uh, from the flask for uh, Laren, and uh, he pulls out another one. He pours one for himself and puts the flask away. You're like super into wood, yeah. Like me as the DM, or or me as Kruleman. Uh, it's it's what's available. I mean, I'm sure it's pretty. I mean, you can you can work it with magic, so. And and a knife, you know, it, trying to be economical here. I think the real yeah, the can. real matter at hand is what the fuck is going on. <laughs> well, I think first introductions are in order. I am Krulaman. Uh I, I don't believe I caught either of your names. My name's 
Uh, uh Henry. Henry. Yes. Welcome to my humble abode, Henry. Uh, and and with that, he he takes a not not he doesn't down the the shot, but he takes a a pretty decent sip uh, from from his glass, uh, well, wood and glass, uh, his cup. Yeah, I uh, I down it just to one up him. You notice that it's a it's not particularly strong, but uh, it's got an intense flavor. Um, it almost it's sort of spicy and. Uh, you've never tasted anything quite like it. Um, enjoyable? It's enjoyable. It's enjoyable in sort of a weird way, like the first time you've had coffee. Okay. So he says, I, I haven't seen one of those in a in a very long time. Uh, I was I was only 10 or 11, I'd say. What? What was it, exactly? That, my friend, is one of the crag. So, like, an orb. Well, a frost orc. Not quite an orc. Um, it's it's uh, sort of a distant relative of an orc. Uh, as you know, uh, the war ended a hundred years ago, um, and after the war ended, nobody saw any of the crag ever again. Um, uh, the crag simply disappeared across the barrier, and. Uh, of course, we have no way of contacting them, and they have no way of contacting us. Well, apparently we've been wrong, because they've been living amongst our own people for the longest time. Apparently we were wrong. Apparently they have some way of, of getting across the barrier that we don't know about. Um, but of course, uh, there is only one way to cross it, and that way is fairly secure. What would that be? Oh, you don't you don't know? Uh, you, uh no. Well, this is this is the Kiln Rock province, and to the east is the Silverstone province. Uh, you need to take the Kiln Rock and the Silverstone, and combine them, and it forms uh, an amulet that allows you to penetrate the barrier. I see. But of course, if if the amulet was reunited into one piece, uh, we would be very much aware. Would it, like, signal someone? Like, would it, would it just, like, let us know? Like, uh, how, how would it All manner of chaos and just all manner of evil would descend upon us uh, from, from the north. Uh, the, the cold would begin creeping out yet again. Uh, I can only imagine. I can't imagine that the crag would be very pleased that uh, the the barrier had been broken. And of course, if they had been the ones to break it, then they would be uh, trespassing on our land, and they would have some probably nefarious reason for doing so. Yeah, I guess my next question would be: Are they still are they still holding a grudge? Do you think they're enemies? Well, I mean, it seems like the wall is kind of to keep us out from up there as well. Like, it's a mutual sort of wall. Yes, of so course. It's not... I. If anything, maybe they just want more interaction between, between us? Why can't we all be just friends, guys? But no, seriously, I think... 
<laughs> why why did they, why are they dying is the real question they come back and it's like oh here's my real self but now I'm dead and I can't ask them any questions well the the obvious reason why they're dying is that it's too warm for them ah they uh they can't deal with the temperature of uh being on this continent are there any uh, towns northern of here where they might have made the transformation but not have actually died um, directly north of here is, uh, well, the barrier. Um, there's not, there's not much in between. There, there's, you know, a smattering of small, unnotable villages, but there, there's nothing that I would expect them to have invaded without causing a ruckus. I'm, I'm worried someone's selling them, like, the equivalent of, like, a, a glimmer, like, something that disguises them just so they can, like, sort of blend in with Polyjuice potion. That's what I'm worried about. Here's the interesting yes. question, my friends. I've known that woman, I've seen her here in the market for many years. She's been coming here peacefully for a very long time. She had a child. Lives uh, not too far from here in a small ranch. Why, all of a sudden, would she be revealed? What exactly happened? He... Well, it would seem that the spell or whatever was holding her in, like, a sort of human or what... We, didn't, we never established what race uh, they were. Were they all... Were they human? The, they were um, human-like. Uh, it was sort of difficult to tell their their race. It was sort of a they were weird... racially androgynous. Yeah, it was sort of this weird blend of of multiple different races. That, you know, like you you couldn't tell off the bat. You know, like when you see an, a, a person from the UK, you can't really tell if they're Welsh or Irish or Scottish. Um, you know, based on like a single sentence, you oftentimes need to hear them talk for you know a few minutes before you can really narrate nail down what their accent is it's like that but um with with just race and ethnicity they had bits of everything so yeah right. so she sort of cobbled together they look like rashida jones <laughs> <laughs> meanwhile at jeremy o'dub's tavern hey who the hell opened this expensive bottle of wine yeah m meanwhile meanwhile in the uh, in the tavern the the bartender um he's been sort of looking at this woman and like inspecting her and uh he's saying hey it, you you over there you had some fire water earlier you're fine right yeah and and um sort of at the same time that everybody leaves and is following towards the screaming he sort of looks outside and and sort of steps out and and goes and joins the circle um and a lot of the other people in, in the bar hearing all of the commotion um, start to go out into the street. I, I don't go out. I don't exit the tavern. I'm still in there to have my mug in my hand and just sipping, just watching everything. All right. I'm not, All right, we'll do that. I'm not the gung-ho kind of guy. I like to, if it doesn't involve me directly, I'll just sit back and watch. So you, from your vantage point, and now that sort of the streets are clear of all people, right? Like everybody's all grouped around this body and you, um, you're watching for a little bit and you see someone with a cart start to wheel another body 
away down the street, sort of towards you. Um, they're coming from the left and they're, they're going past the front of the tavern. And you can see there's another, there's another body that looks just like the one in the tavern. I stopped the guy and just go, there's another one in here. You, you want two? Another one? Apparently. What, what do you mean another one? There's like, like this, like this, like this horrible misformed poor woman. Well, not like a woman. Like it's kind of like, but like duty, like not duty. Uh, <laughs> dude, you pooped. There's, there's duty on the floor. There's poop in here. I, I had an accident. This, this... I, I, I don't deal with the corpses that have pooped. I, you're going to have to co- come back. Like when, when Jim is on duty, he, he does the poopy. Ones. Oh, he's duty. Yeah, he does the do. <laughs> <laughs> There's like a male version of this. It might be male. Ah, it's all I see. burnty and like melty. I'm not sure Ugh. what it is, but I'll he- I'll grab it. So he he sort of brings the cart up to the front of the bar, um, and he steps inside and he sees like, oh yeah, look look at that happened here too. Right, that's what hmm. I said. Just exactly what I said. Nothing else happens. He. He says, so, um, am I going to have to come back here and, uh, get rid of, uh, like a wagon or something? Did this one bring anything? Uh, not that I'm aware of. The clothes on his back that are goopy. What? Oh, no. I, I beg your pardon? <laughs> it just, like, he was bubbling, so I don't know if he's, like, oozing or what came out of him, but it's uh he, all he's kind of he's kind of like uh shiny but it it doesn't look like it, he's covered in like a film or anything oh okay yeah like like um like you'd expect um sort of like scarred burnt skin to look like um but uh, but that's been healed right like a so, oh so it's like oh okay i got gotcha. you so yeah he, he looks like deadpool glossy sort of like deadpool yeah 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 Gotcha. Um, like a topographical map of Utah. <laughs> fucking um, avocado. <laughs> the older avocado, fucking younger avocado. Uh, yeah. So, so um, this guy says, "So you're sure he didn't? How how did he get here then? What? What? Where? He walked. It's he. Are you sure? I mean, I saw him walk in, then sit down, and then." I mean, normally ah. people that drive also walk into the building. They don't park in the building. I'm not saying I've been stalking this guy for the last 30 <laughs> years. I'm saying he walks in, sits down. That's as much as I know. All right. Um, the guy says, all right, well, I'll, I'll load him up and I'll, I'll take him off. So now um, he, he picks up the body, throws it on the cart, and uh, he heads off down the street and around the corner. Uh, and he's disappeared from view. And huh. now you're alone. Back to the drink. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. I mean, let me just get this clear, because after uh, Sick Rhymes, he's not an alcoholic. He just, that's what he was doing already. So he's, I know we're in a bar and it's already setting a bad tone for me that I'm hanging back with all the booze. So, um, meanwhile in the tent, the, uh, Kruleman says to, to you guys, so, uh, what were you guys doing, uh, before you came out here? Well, uh, before I started looking for quests and the like, I was actually in a traveling circus for a while. 
That's interesting. What kind of what yeah, kind of tricks pretty... did you do in the circus? I don't know. I I did a little bit of everything. Uh, sort of a jack of all trades. I did some tightrope stuff. I did um, some bearded lady. Not 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 necessarily kidding. that. <laughs> but um, you'd make a good bearded lady. I don't know where this voice I is did. coming yeah, from. It's just, it's just <laughs> drifting. The the accent is drifting. <laughs> Um, I did a little, uh, a little, like, flaming dagger toss, just, like, no, some, like, uh, some showman-type things. Uh, I was also the, the caller out front. What about you, Henry? I'm just on the road as a traveling, uh, journeyman. (laughs) A journeyman. (laughs) A journeyman journeyman. What, I, the, really, I meant, though, what, what were you guys doing before, uh, before you ran out into the street, where where were you? What what happened before oh. the woman? I was just minding my we own just... business over a pipe, and then this guy starts pulling at his collar and melting. Jeez, oh, oh boy! I thought he was on some kind of crazy drugs, and it just turns out he's a goddamn crag. You... Cragsman. Cragsman. You uh. You okay, by the way? Your voice is a, like a little bit crackly. He's hitting me. Um, he's hitting me as Froggy from uh, Rug or not Rugrats. Wow, little wow. rascals. Uh, Frog, the little rascals. Oh Jesus! Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. The He-Man Woman Haters Club. God, <laughs> that's actually more of a. Mar- this uh, is Marcus just proving I can't make an original voice. So you guys are just gonna have to deal with whatever the hell this is. It's, no, that's good. That's good stuff. Uh. I forget the question. <laughs> oh, I was just I was just drinking some hooch, uh, just having some liqueur you, at the bar. You said there was and playing with some. You said there was another uh, a, a a man that that started having the same thing happen to him. Yeah, he came in and started asking me questions about like stories and stuff, and then uh, we were talking about the the one hundred uh, the one hundred year anniversary. The centennial. Why? Why would why would one of the crag want to know something like that? What? What would one of the crag need to know about things here for? It's not that hard to piece together, if you ask me. That the people who melted into cragsmen are. <coughs> you need a glass of water. Potentially. Wait. Uh, <laughs> They are the eyes and ears for the Cragsmen. And it's like they accidentally goofed up, and now they're apparently everyone... Yeah, they done goofed. To me, this sounds more like uh, they're almost... She, the woman, she said something before she died. She said that they should have had, like, more time. That this was happening too soon. More time? Um, I'm assuming it it was something maybe they're paying to live among us to like i don't know maybe there are people who were dissatisfied with their lives in the crag and wanted to live with the the other races or they expected their spell to last longer definitely i think that's more or less what they were going for interesting so the question is what were they doing here gathering intel we should go inspect the other body and search it to see if there was anything useful. And also, Whoops. maybe find the the son of the lady 
right? <laughs> I mean, we should probably should probably be examined to see if he is going. Is he if he is taken on crag like uh, traits? Yeah, I bet he's all hot and bothered already. <laughs> I mean, if, he, if <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Let's. I sort of like in, pinch inspecting I the body the bridge is... of my nose. Just sort of like mm. <laughs> inspecting the body is priority number one because if if somebody were to get to it before us, then there's no telling what what we might lose, what clues we might lose about it. Yeah, <laughs> wait, we don't know this, but whoops! All right, Krulaman sort of does like a little weird thing with his hand up against the the tent the edge of the tent it's not the same edge of the tent that you came in and it's not really towards the center and he sort of parts it and and he opens the the tent back up and you're not facing a different direction even though it's a different direction on the side of the tent um you're just sort of facing the same opening which is which is weird but it's a tardis he's um, a time lord he sort of holds out his hand and, and sort of ushers you out. And you, you look behind you at the tent and it's incredibly nondescript. It sort of looks like it's a part of um, sort of the tents next to it, uh, like a little annex or like a little uh, lean-to almost. Um, it's extremely nondescript and you can sort of tell that whatever magic uh, is on it um, it's not a particularly powerful spell, but um, it, it sort of makes the tent blend in uh, with the other tents and, and makes it very, very nondescript. Um, and and Kruleman says, you, you guys lead the way. All right, I instinctively take the lead. So as, as you're walking back, you know, the crowd is, has started to disperse because um, the, the guy took the, the body away. Um, and you step into the bar. The bar is completely empty except for uh, Kurak, uh, who is now sitting at the bar, um, and he's got uh, two bottles of very expensive wine, one in each hand, um, and he's sort of taking turns sipping from each one. Um, and by sipping, I mean sort of glugging um, from from each of them. Not an alcoholic. Yes, you are. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, where the hell do those bodies go? I don't know, the little guy took him. Who the fuck's the little guy? The little guy that took the other one took this one. Take me to the oh, little no. guy. Wasn't he your it, little guy? Which which way did he go? Did, did, was he sort of short and, and had brown hair and uh, was trying to go, grow goatee, but you could tell that it was just, it was coming in? Yeah, it looked like he was a 13-year-old. Yeah, he's 27. Um, what What direction did he head off to? Did he head off that way? Yeah, that points sort of down the street. All right, uh, we 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 have to go find out what what belongings that that body had on it because it might lead to some clues as to why he was here and what exactly happened to him. Yeah, you're. Wait, his jacket. Wait, he had his coat that he took it off, right? Yeah, the 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 coat is uh, on a bar stool next to Kurak. I grabbed the coat. Oh, I thought I was saving that seat for somebody. My mistake. Did you know him? No, I assumed it was just a coat, and it's just somebody wanted the seat. And I figured they liked me, so they wanted it next to me. 
No, I mean, like, he took it off when he was having his little panic attack uh, about melting. Um, it would so have been next to it. We're just going to, like, well, I'm, I look through the jacket. Um, in the... So, it, it the front pockets are empty, but um, in the left side on the inner pocket, there's a small pouch with five gold. And on the right side on the, the inner pouch, there's sort of a... There's sort of a, a fake pocket. Um, it, it's very obvious, um, but you sort of reach in and, and like fiddle with it a little bit, and and there's a small um, there's a small fiddle. black cube, um, and it looks almost like it's made out of uh, some sort of obsidian. I uh, I give the I give the uh, the cube to Krolomon. I have never seen one of these before. I I don't know, I don't know what I'm looking at. Um, and he he puts it away in his pocket. You can keep the gold, or I can keep the gold. It's up to you. Uh, I, I I put the gold on the on the counter, and I look at uh, Ku, and I go, maybe a little bit of compensation for the drink that you're having right now. I uh I I I, I grab the gold and say, finders keepers. Uh, you actually weren't the finder. Uh, Problem solved. All right, it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just going to leave it on the bar. That's what I mean. If he's just going to leave it, I might as well just like, yep. But no, it's okay. I don't need it. It's five gold. That was my inner bag. gray beard. Sorry. That's <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> your money bags over here. People forget gray beard was just an advanced form of Doug. Oh, God. <laughs> I hope I don't get there. A future form of Doug. So, um, Kruleman says, we've, we've got to get down to the, to the graveyard before he puts those two under and find out if there is anything left on the body. All right. Okay. All right. A- after the baby face. Are you, are you coming, uh, thirsty one? I didn't catch your name. Cool Aidman. Cool Aidman. Oh, yeah! Sorry. There it was. Nervous twitch. I, I'm I'm going to uh, just need a second to uh, fix my eardrums, um, and then uh, we can we can get going. And he sort of like, sort of like makes that that movement with his jaw where you're like trying to pop your ears in a car. Um, when someone closes the windows. Yeah, if somebody closes the windows and you're like driving uphill. Um, and so he's like, all right, t- time time to go. Uh, Mr. Koo, you're you're um you're welcome to join. Well, if I stay here, I'll have to pay, so might as well. All right, and and uh, Kruleman leads you all down the street, um, to the west. As we're leaving, I just like toss like ten gold on the counter. As we're leaving, I grab an expensive bottle of wine. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> that. That's fair. Uh, make sure you update your character sheet. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, and so um, you guys walk down the street and uh, sort of round the corner, and you come to um, a, a modestly sized graveyard. Uh, it's not particularly well kept, but you can tell that it's maintained. Um, and sort of off to the side, there's a, a little shack 
which you'd expect there to be maintenance equipment and things like that to uh, sort of help maintain the graveyard, like various gardening tools and shovels and things. Um, and outside of it is uh, the guy that you saw earlier. His name is uh, Pangion. And uh, Krulaman says, Pangion, wait, don't don't do anything else. And Pangion says, oh, what what now? And Krulaman walks over and um, he goes up to the uh, female crag and he sort of pats down her pockets um, gently out of respect. In one of the pockets uh, there, he, he feels something and he reaches in and, and there's uh, a small white uh, almost quartz looking cube um, and he says, oh this, this is very interesting. I've never seen one of these before. This is this is the first time I've ever encountered something like this. Um, and he says, "What do you make of it?" And he hands it to Daani. Um, I guess I'm going to do an Arcana check, aren't I? All right. Uh, how's the twenty-one sound? Twenty-one is great. Um, it sounds like. So, do, 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 do. <laughs> what what hand did you cast the um, the the dragon frost with? My left hand. So you pick it up and you're holding it in your right hand and and you're turning it over, um, and when you touch it with uh, your left hand, it sort of glows blue in the spots where your fingerprints were, and, and it sort of fades out, sort of like when you have a sunburn and you touch your skin. Um, and then you let go and, and there's like the imprint of your fingers in like normal skin color and then it turns red. The cube itself is not magical, but um, when you touch it, it seems to absorb the magic from, from your fingertips, just like the, the sort of ambient, almost ephemeral sort of uh, magic. Left hands are magic, I knew it. I, uh, I cast Dragon Frost on the cube. All right, roll me a, roll me a d20. I kind of place it on the ground and uh, slam my left fist and left left hand into it. Take a step back. Uh, let's see. It has a fourteen. So you do that, and there's frost everywhere, and and some of the like little puddles on the ground, and, like moist spots, just immediately frost over. When you do that, the cube sort of glows a bright blue, very very briefly, and you notice that when you do it. The woman uh, on the cart, sort of, her skin sort of starts to fade almost back to her semi-human form. But then as uh, the glow on the cube dies down and fades over the course of a few seconds, um, it goes back to her dead, lifeless state. It looks like we've ran into one of these cubes, but it was black, and I have a feeling they correspond with how they look. It's something to do with the magic spell that makes them look like us as compared to Crag's people. That that might be it. That, it, it may be the, the source of their of their illusion or their, their their ability to live among us. Well, so far we found a cube on each one of these people. I'm thinking it has something to do with that, but what's the difference between a black and a white one? Black cubes matter. <laughs> 
fucking A. And the end of that episode. everybody thanks for listening that was episode one of season two of amos better than dragons uh we've had a really great time uh took a little bit of a break got ourselves back together and uh we've got a whole backlog ready to come straight to your ear holes uh i'd like to take this time to thank our hosts aj bren doug and myself artwork for this episode was produced by ian mcafee the theme music was composed and assembled by everybody's best friend josh stitt our distribution is handled entirely by the fine podcast software at pinecast.com if you have a moment please take some time to go and rate and review us on itunes it really does help you can leave us feedback by clicking the link in the episode description or by visiting us on the web at abtd.pinecast.co Our next episode is going to be out in two weeks. Please stay tuned, and we hope you enjoyed it.